This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. Welcome to episode 333 of the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my good friend Chris Sinzak. Man, today things are going to get heavy around here. Yes. I love it. And, and I hate it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> no no more top five picks. I don't like this no more. It's a good challenge, though. It's too challenging. Yeah, this is uh, for episode 333, I had the idea of, well, we kind of have to do something Pantera related. Where does that come from? What does that mean? The three, three, three. I know it's synonymous with Pantera and Diamond. It was just like sort of their magic number, lucky number thing. Because they would see it everywhere. Is that how that worked? Look, there it is again. Look, there it is again. I think Chad Lee told us this one. He did, and I'm a brain dead idiot, and I forgot why. (laughs) I just know it has a significance to Pantera three, three, three. Maybe it's they're half evil. Today, it's got special significance for us too, because we're going to be doing some celebrating of our favorite Pantera songs and. There's too many to choose from, and yes, we're wrong, but we're right, but we're wrong. <laughs> I just say these are my top five Pantera songs this week. Right now, yeah, yeah, at this moment. So before we get to all that sweet awesomeness, let's go ahead and take care of some business. And the business at hand is reviews. First one comes to us from Podchaser. We've been telling you all about this Podchaser. you got to check it out for yourself, see what it is. You can get on there, you can rate podcasts. All different kinds. I mean, all the rock podcasts are on there. Go rate them all. Right down to your favorite episodes. You can talk about individual episodes Mm -hmm. if you want to on there. It's very cool. This one is five stars. That's the way we like it. And it goes a little something like this. Long-time listener, first-time reviewer. This podcast is incredible. 300-plus episodes of outstanding content. I love that Aaron and Chris have different types of episodes, and it's really special that's they sometimes have listeners participate in the content. Mm-hmm. Great job, guys. Also, can you answer a question? How are Cobras and Fire, CG, WB, CM, we know what we're talking about, the Canadian geeks drinking metal, drinking beer, talking metal? Yeah. It's confusing me, too. Growing Up Rock, Digital Killed, Classic Rock Drops, and I'm sure I missed some, All Connected. These other shows always seem to be mentioning Decibel Geek. Just curious. We banged all of their mugs. <laughs> That's how it's connected. Many years ago. They are all our bastard children. They are. From what they've told us. From what they've told us is they discovered podcasting and they discovered rock and roll podcasting and then they discovered us doing it and we're like, oh, that seems easy enough. Pretty much. Let's do that. And so there they are. Yeah. We love every one of those shows. We do. And um, yeah, just to to get props from all those shows and get them pretty regularly. We, We love all those guys and... Yeah, you know, we we do this for fun, and it's just turned into what it is, and, right. and all these great shows that have come out of it. So it's, I you know, I I, I guess we could say we're responsible for all the shows we listen to, <laughs> so, which is pretty cool. Hey, easy Eddie Trunk, I know. easy over there now. Right now, we didn't just create them; we cultivated them. They they cultivate us. You know, we cultivate yeah. each other. It's, we, it's yeah. we invented all of these shows. We invented podcasting yeah. and right. also rock and roll, yes. and therefore all these shows. Yeah. So if you like us and you like what we're doing, give all those guys a listen too, because there's some great stuff out there. And you know, basically look at who was at Rock and Pod too, mm-hmm. and go down the list, check out every single show. That's great the best stuff. advice I can give you if you're just discovering podcasts. And on this next one, I have to clear up something. Before we get into it, it's not really a review. Facebook has now gotten rid of the ratings system, so there's no five stars there's anymore. There's no five stars? 
it's now called a Facebook recommendation. Okay. So this is the okay. first this Facebook is... recommendation we've gotten. All right. Well, let's see if this is any different than a review other than the stars are gone. I don't like that. Yeah, no. I like stars, especially five of them. <laughs> but let's see how this one goes. It's a Facebook recommendation, and it comes to you from Anthony Poole. Chris and Aaron exude positivity and are a classic duo talking about the music that beats in my heart. They're probably the pick of the bunch in this podcasting world. The diversity of each weekly episode locks me in, and driving to and from work is like carpooling with your best mates. That's awesome. Hmm. I have discovered so much new music through these guys, and I am truly indebted to them. My 12, 10, 7, and 2-year-old kids will never be as good without chanting Turbo Negro's City of Satan. (laughs) Proud dad. I'm a little frightened by that one. You should be proud. That's awesome. (laughs) I recommend you guys to all my time poor Aussie friends as probably the one podcast you can't miss. Mm. And I likes myself some kiss too. Oh yeah. There you go. Nice. Facebook recommendation. That's a great one. And that first that podcast review came from defense attorney. Hopefully we'll never need one, so if but we get arrested, when, it come, to him. when it comes to a podcast review, we're more than happy. Yeah. And also the uh, recommendation comes to you from Anthony Poole. Yeah. Thank you guys both for doing that. Yeah, you keep know. them coming, guys. Wait, where's the iTunes reviews? <laughs> okay, well, we'll be all right. It's just one week without it. Yeah. We'll be okay. If you're on iTunes, leave a damn review. Yeah, we really like the iTunes <laughs> ones, too. But these are all great. We these love them great. a lot. Other people we love, the people that love our episodes and care enough to get out there and reshare it and retweet it and get the word out on the street of the internet. Yeah. These are our Geeks of the Week. Yeah, Geeks of the Week this week are Mike Tyler, James McElhenney, Matt Ashcraft, Samuel Wetz, Growing Up Rock, Decibel Geek TV, I Am Thorne, Greg McGlone, Shane Aber, Andrew Jacobs, Shay Hargett, Jay Shabluski, Steve Wrights, David Glenn, Adam Cox, Andy LaFon, Mike Parnell, Aaron Baker, Joseph Capone, Mark Alden-Taylor, Freeform Rock Podcast, Brent Tibbetts, Mikhail Burrell, Sean Cullen, Rodney Dixon, J.J. Mack, Alex Thorne, David Hudson, Digital Killed, Bipolar Billy, David Cathy, and of course, the, the Mooger Fooger. Thank you guys for sharing last week's episode. We had a blast with D-Hud. I mean, a lot of people shared it. I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of people were liking it. Yeah. It was really good. D-Hud came on and did an awesome job on a Radio Sucks radio show with us. Yeah, check out Digital Killed, the radio star, and uh, do it. They, do a, they do a great show. Another one of our bastard children, apparently. Yeah, there you go. See, they're another recommendation from us. Say hi to your mom, D-Hud. <laughs> All right. From us. <laughs> so... Let's get to some Pantera. This, Shoot, I yeah. agonized over my picks for this. Yeah, me too. I know it took a long time for me to finally get my picks to you. And then when you gave me your picks, finally I was like, that takes the pressure off slightly. Yeah. That I've narrows got, it down to five out of the hundreds that I'd like to pick. Yeah, I've got a, a long list of also rands too. But I, I could have picked five songs off each album. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally easily could have done that. So, well, uh, I guess start at the beginning. Sort of. You know, some people might not know it, but Cowboys from Hell is actually Pantera's fifth studio album. That's right. Vinny and Dime had been at it as Pantera for nine years and six lineup changes by the time Cowboys from Hell is even released. Rex Brown joins the band early, but it would take Pantera a long time, not just to find a singer, but to figure out what they were meant to be. You know, and like most rock bands that are forming in the early 80s, these guys are emulating Van Halen. But by the time the 80s were coming to a close, the last thing the world wanted was another Van Halen clone. Right. The best thing this band ever did was to stop chasing trends and start creating their own. And that all started with Cowboys from Hell. (laughs) 
To me, that's the first Pantera album, too. I mean, even like the old stuff with the different singer. Yeah. Can't dig it. I don't know why. I just yeah. can't dig the it. glam Terra years. It's not right. You know, I don't know if it's because we know what Pantera would go on to be because <clears throat> we have that hindsight now or if it's just it wasn't right back then either. Right. Even the album before Cowboys from Hell with Phil and Selmo. Mm-hmm. It's not right. You know, it's it's just not right. power metal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's there's I like there's tunes I like off each one. I've I've given them all a shot. I think I am the night's decent record. Maybe yeah. that's probably my favorite of all of them. But not yeah, none of the glam Terra stuff made my list. No, so mine if, you're lo- if you're looking for that, you're not going to get it today. So it all starts with Cowboys from Hell with us. Yeah, same here. And they, I remember the first time I heard Pantera. I uh, 
I was at a buddy of mine's house who wound up being the singer for my first band. And uh, he's also like, we were really into like Alice in Chains and stuff along those lines. And he, and one of my also rands was the first song I heard. I, I'm not picking it in my top five, but uh, By Demons Be Driven yeah. was the first Great song. song I remember hearing. And, uh, but yeah, and then I went back and started listening to everything else. But I was late, late to the party on Pantera. So, um, which in Tennessee at the time, a lot, the radio wasn't playing any of that stuff. So you, you really no, had to know somebody not. that was into them to really get into them. But mm-hmm. once I latched on, I, I latched on with both hands because they were. Just a, they were just revolutionary at the time. Totally. It was nothing like them. So I'm going to go to um, the last studio album by Pantera for my first pick. This is my number five. And the uh, Reinventing the Steel album came out March 21st in 2000 on East West Records. And a uh, terrible album cover. <laughs> just dumb. Yeah. But, um, but this, this album has a lot of good stuff on it. I'll cast a shadow, goddamn electric. I'll, you know, those are great songs. But the riff, the main riff when things finally kick in, because it's a long intro in this song, but once it kicks in, the main riff is a barn burner. This is Revolution Is My Name.
end came too soon, but they were good up till the very end. Yeah, that's one of my favorite Dimebag Daryl guitar riffs. Yeah. It's just so pummeling. That's where you're going to get a lot of that today. Yeah. A whole lot of awesome guitar riffs and guitar solos. And it's, yeah, this is going to be a celebration for sure. You know, talking about first being introduced to Pantera, you know, at first... I was a little standoffish about Pantera. And, you know, I knew a lot of my rock and roll friends were raving about this band. But then again, these were the same dicks that constantly gave me shit for Love and Kiss. Yeah. So, you know, how how great can they be if these guys are all loving on them <laughs> so much? One thing that I will always be grateful to Pantera for, and especially Dimebag, was showing that you could be a badass metalhead and still love and appreciate Kiss. So when my ultra-hip metalhead friends would say things to me like, Kiss, Kiss is for pussies. I could say things like, yeah, well, your new favorite band, Pantera, doesn't seem to think so. Have you seen the tattoo that Dime has on his chest? (laughs) Yeah, suck on that. Right. But, you know, it goes way beyond that glorious tattoo of Ace Frehley that Dime always sported probably on his chest. The Spaceman guitar style flavors almost all of Dimebag's playing. You want a taste? Check out the groove and the tone on this one. From 1994's Far Beyond Driven, this is called I'm Broken. Yeah. 
God bless Dimebag for justifying the awesomeness of all the persecuted Kiss fans of the early 90s. Yep. And uh, they totally. were, Pantera was a band that did unite a lot of people of different yeah. backgrounds because they, yeah, like I had friends, like I said, my buddy was, we were all big into Alice in Chains, the grunge stuff, grunge stuff, but I also had friends that were hair metal fans right. that loved them. Everyone just loved them. They had this kind of their own sound. And Sure, the Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses yeah. fans loved Pantera, and the Slayer and the Megadeth fans loved it too, you know? So <laughs> they were that band that was just perfect in the middle yep. where you could, it really would bring people together. And yep. like I said with that, you know, it's like people would give me shit for liking Kiss, and I'd be like, yeah, well, they can't be that bad because you know look at your favorite band is pantera you love pantera so much and when pantera became big you know in in my community of friends mm-hmm. you know they were massive they were the biggest you know people forgot about metallica you know and it was easy to do around that time with metallica and so pantera was it yeah and man that ace fraley tattoo on his chest man <laughs> that gave me a awesome argument ending point yeah. every single time and i remember there was a guitar world magazine that with, had yeah. ace and dimebag and snake from skid row with makeup on i don't think i was ever more excited that to buy a magazine such a cool cover yes yeah and the article was great too but yeah yep, about the, they, they're gushing they, about being fans basically yeah because Vinny or i mean uh dime and snake interviews ace right in that magazine so they're asking all the questions it is really cool and and you could tell like even even through print back then you could tell like, ace is kind of blown away by yeah. you know what big fans they are and you know these guys would all end up becoming friends eventually i almost think ace's legend grew a lot in the early 90s because yeah. like during the 80s when fraley's comet was out people were kind of like oh he's just a has-been guy from kiss but a lot of those kids that grew up in the 70s on kiss suddenly started bringing bands out in the 90s and they right. just all kept citing ace as an influence sure like you got to think guys like you know snake sabo and and dimebag daryl when they're young kids they're probably going to the fraley's yeah. concert shows you know and so there there's not a lot of people there but they're crazy kids like we are yeah. going to these shows because oh shit it's ace Frehley, you gotta go see it and so then when they get older and they got bands of their own and now they're on the stage right then it's like well who influenced you you as a famous guitar player i'm sure you get asked that almost every day mm-hmm. who are your influences ace Frehley. How yeah. cool is that? And his name was brought up a lot in those days. Yeah. So as expected, we've already turned the conversation to Kiss. Right. You know, you could <laughs> hey, you could almost credit Pantera with reuniting Kiss. Yeah, maybe. Because without these bands Raise singing Ace's the, profile. Singing the yeah. praises and bringing Ace's profile way up like that, all of a sudden it becomes a viable thing, whereas Kiss is probably going, wow, you know what? A lot of people are sure talking about Ace Fraley nowadays. Yeah. You know, they're talking more about ace than they are us because even in that guitar world magazine because i just read that article again today for the first time in forever oh wow and they say in there it's like you know people are starting to realize what a big influence kiss was right comma especially ace fraley yeah you know? and so kiss has got to be seeing stuff like that going oh <laughs> him again okay <laughs> well we can't no no amount of shit talking is gonna you know yeah. Put away what Pantera just said, so I guess, you know, it's time. Oh, and even Kiss was getting, they were getting a lot more props in the yeah. early 90s from a lot of those grunge and in, even industrial and punk bands. Like sure, because you, can't love, big into you can't love Ace Frehley but not love Kiss. Yeah, so, know, I, so. I, I love that era because, you know, you and I were Kiss fans in the yeah. late 80s when they were getting mocked mercilessly. Yeah. And then all of a sudden in the early 90s, the worm started to turn just a little bit. And it's like, okay... The people that you listen to now are saying how much they love them. So it, it, respect was starting to happen again. In your face, you posers. <laughs> I knew it all along. Right. 
So, all right. So my next pick comes from Vulgar Display of Power, released on February 25th, 1992 on Atco Records. And I got to give props to the, from Cowboys through, I guess, Far Beyond Driven, maybe Great Southern Trend Kill, but Terry Date is the producer. Yeah. This guy brought out the best sounds for their instruments. Like, and Absolutely. it just, the way that those albums are mixed, I wouldn't change a thing. And they still sound timeless today. Like, they don't sound dated at all. I agree. Terry Date, which is kind of funny. Um, or it wasn't. Oh, they're dated, all right. But um, Terry dated, right? <laughs> but there were so many possible songs I could pick off this album, so I had to just pick one, and which was the first one I heard. Uh, well, actually, not the first one I heard was "By Demons Be Driven," but this one, the first one that leads off the album, this uh, this song just kicks ass. This is "Mouth for War." <laughs>
so cool so much attitude yeah. how can you not love that it's just i'm gonna kick somebody's ass this episode go this episode is your workout mix for the week for sure yeah yeah you'll be losing lots of weight on the pantera diet another weird uh connection to pantera the song a new level yeah um love it that song uh, monty Pittman, who's madonna's guitar player yeah um you know he he got the job playing guitar for madonna because he was giving her guitar lessons because she wanted to learn guitar. And there, if you go on YouTube, you can find footage of Madonna and the band with Monty Pittman playing a new level. We've talked about that yeah. before. That's and wild. She, she fucking slays it on the riff, too. She does a That's great job. Crazy. So after this is over, go check that out. Yeah, That's for sure. far out, for sure. <laughs> All right, what's your next one? Man, I got to tell you that I think the unique singing and the playing, respectively, by Phil and Dime is what most fans will point to as to what makes Pantera so damn good. Mm. But as talented as those two are, I'm here to tell you that Pantera would have been nothing without Vinny and Rex. Every Pantera song since 1990 has had this massive and robust groove laid down for Phil and Dime to add all their color to. And you'll find it in their originals, and you'll find it in their covers, the heavy rockers to the speed metal. Every song has one common denominator, the titanium steel backbone that is the dominance of the rhythm section of this band. Mm. Here is a perfect example of that. Prepare to have your head kicked off as Pantera takes you on a psycho holiday.
Before we get back into all of our awesome Pantera worship here on episode 333 of the Decibel Geek Podcast, I want to let you know that there's a lot of cool things going on out there in the world. You know, we talked about it at the top of the show a little bit, all of our friends, our podcast brothers and sisters out there, we want you to check them all out. You know, they're all putting out quality stuff, Rock and Metal Combat, you know, Cobras and Fire, I mean, the list goes on and on, Podcast Rock City, The Kiss Room, I mean, I could sit here for another hour and list off all my favorite podcasts, but you can make it easy on yourself by checking out the Rock and Pod 2 list of all the shows that were there. We implore you to support these artists, because they are artists, you know, they're creating, they're creating podcasts, it's kind of like music, you know, you enjoy music, check out these podcasts, you know, because these guys are talking about the music you love, and just like we do. So, I want to tell you about that, I want to tell you about decibelgeek.com, you know, that's where it's all happening at, that's where it all originates from. You want to find out what's going on in the world of rock and roll, well, that's your one-stop place to do that. You're going to find out 
that there's links to all kinds of awesome album reviews, stuff that's coming out, stuff that's already out. Some classic ones. I saw that there was an awesome Blue Oyster Cult review on there just mm. the other day from that 70s guy. Cool stuff going on over there. You're going to find a link to Decibel Geek TV. That yeah. takes you over to YouTube. Rock and Ron has got the Coon Brothers doing their video podcast on there. So there's a whole other podcast yeah. for you guys to be checking out. Not to mention all the people sending footage from all your favorite bands from all over the world back to Rock and Ron. He's taking them and turning them into MTV video style form short videos for you there. So you can check out your favorite bands, your favorite songs, and check out that show you couldn't see because it was happening in Brazil or it was happening in Japan, you know. And if you're going to a concert, take the time. Film a little bit of it. Get complete songs. That's the most important part because Ron can't use it if it's cut in half. So you got to get the complete song. Get on decibelgeek.com. Look up Ron. Send it to him. Next thing you know, you're an internet sensation because you were the one that filmed it and got it on Decibel Geek TV. Help us out by doing that. Man, we love to see footage from all over the world. Done with that? Go back to decibelgeek.com because now it's time to do your shopping on Amazon. There's only one way to do that. You're already at decibelgeek.com. Scroll back on up to the top of the page. Click on that banner it's going to take you to amazon you do all your shopping it doesn't cost you anything extra but amazon takes a cut of their action and gives it back to the decibel geek podcast it helps us out a ton it all adds up and the beautiful most beautiful beautifulest thing about it is we get the list yeah we get a list of everything you buy and some of the more notable purchases in the last week include in books this boy is going to rock a drummer's journey from houston to hollywood in search of hair metal heaven by bobby rock heck yeah that's an awesome book it is everybody should read that you know you will get a perspective that chris and i have (laughs) yeah you will you can learn extra about that that's true (laughs) somebody also bought an otterbox defender series for samsung galaxy you uh they bought a usb to serial converter a g2000 stereo gaming headset somebody's doing some gaming uh, somebody bought some premium record sleeves for 12-inch record covers. A $10 and a $20 PlayStation Store gift card were bought. So we got some gamers listening to the show. Right on. Somebody bought Madden NFL 19 for PlayStation 4. Shoot, yeah, that's exciting. Uh, somebody got Darice Twisted Wire Easel Stand. So, Paul Stanley, thanks for purchasing your art supplies. <laughs> um, Comica XLR Microphone 2-Pack. So maybe somebody's starting up a podcast. Cool. More bastard children for us. Yeah. Uh, on music, somebody bought the He Who Shall Not Be Named Invasion self-titled album. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Support Robert Fleischman. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we love Robert. And Bobby Rock. <laughs> and Bobby Rock. Dana Trump's pretty cool, too. I love all those guys. Uh, also, somebody bought Paul McCartney's new album, Egypt Station, on a 2LP deluxe edition. I've been some really good stuff about that. I got to take the time to check that out. I listened to a few songs the other day that's really good. Really well, heavy? No. <laughs> yeah, it's Beatles heavy. Um, heavier Side of the Beatles. Look that one up in the archives. Yeah, it was fun. a good one. Uh, Motley Crue, Too Fast for Love on vinyl. Got to have that. Spiders, uh, Killer Machine. Haven't heard of them. Hmm. Uh, Judas Priest, Firepower. That You have to have them in that one. Yeah, we were just talking about that with our VIP. You know, the guys that are on Patreon with us, Mm -hmm. we were talking about our favorite albums of the year so far and Mm -hmm. looking forward to things that are coming out. And the way it's looking, man, that Priest album is going to be hard to beat. It is. And yeah, patreon.com slash decibelgeek. Sign up and uh, you will get asked uh, for your list. And I'll I'll share the list of some of the uh, VIP's top five Pantera songs today. We should do that for sure. And uh, 
the Humble Pie Smoking. That's a good Shoot, one. Yeah, that's a classic. Everybody should have that album. Uh, oh, the, it's so good. The Dokken, uh new song that came out this year, It's Another Day, was bought. Yeah. Trapeze Medusa was bought. That Trapeze, man, that's some old Glenn Hughes yeah. stuff. Yeah, that stuff's a little tricky to get your mind around. And then wrapping it up today, uh, Queen Sheer Heart Attack, the remastered version. Well, you ought to have that, too. You know, yeah. it's part of rock history for sure. Yep. So that's our purchases. Thank you guys for doing that, and keep shopping through Amazon, and... Uh, Thanks for listening. The internet is such a beautiful thing, you know. There's so many things that can be accomplished, so many things just within the decibel geek world that we've been able to accomplish thanks to the internet. But back in the early 90s, man, that was pre-internet access for me. So it wasn't like I could just go, you know, look up a band online and check them out and, you know, listen to some of their stuff and then make the decision. Because back then, you had to take that big gamble and actually throw your money down at the counter on the Tower Records Mm -hmm. or the Camelot Music or wherever you were buying your records. And you had to pay the money and buy that CD. And guess what? If you didn't like it too damn bad right because it's yours now so it was tough to do that with pantera for me at first because i've been hearing a lot of stuff about them but like i said it was coming from guys that didn't like kiss so i was like well maybe i won't like this but there was one band from the early 90s that i never hesitated to spend my cash on and that was skid row so when their roadkill vhs came out oh man i totally bought that yeah video cassette vhs look it up kids (laughs) I think Skid Row did a lot for Pantera by featuring them so prominently on that home video. And to me, the fact that Skid Row would take them out on tour and that they got along so well spoke volumes to me that said, this is a band that you should be given a chance. And man, when I did, it was vulgar display of power. And this is one off of there from 1992. Awesome song called This Love.
One of my favorite power ballads of all time. That's a sweet love ballad from Pantera. <laughs> a little something for the ladies. I love that song. Till a little ways into it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I always remember the first time I listened to an entire Pantera album was when longtime listener and my longtime friend Cal Hintz bought the Vulgar Display of Power CD and he brought it to our art class in high school and mm-hmm. I was hooked and I just went out and bought my own copy immediately after that. Nice. And then I went back and got Cowboys from Hell. And then I looked forward to the next album. Right. I was, yeah, I'm all in from there. 
Well, speaking of the next album, uh, my next pick is from Far Beyond Driven. Yes. This came out March 22nd, 1994, recorded right here in Nashville, Tennessee. That's right. And uh, I remember when they were in town recording this album. Do you? Yes, I had a friend. Because you were over there banging on the door of the studio no, 24-7? Uh, <laughs> I do know where the studio was, though. But um, yeah. Was I, it their dad's studio? I think so. Because I yeah. think he still has a studio yeah. here over in Berry Hill. Yeah, over in that it's area. It's probably the same one. But they... Uh, we should go touch it. Well, they, they definitely had their recreational time outside of the studio. And one of my friends who played in bands a little bit older than me, so he could go out to all the clubs and stuff, wound up hanging out with them at Deja Vu. He said like they got there at like midnight and Deja Vu like stayed open until 5 in the morning for yeah. them because they, they were throwing money around like it was crazy. They, like they were truly living like rock stars at that time. Nice. And uh, but yeah, I remember hearing about a lot of partying going on while this album was being made. But they still turned out a hell of a record. Music City was never the same. Yeah, and there's so many great songs on this album. I remember when it came out, I bought it on the first day. It was it was exciting time to be a Pantera fan. You know, becoming Five Minutes Alone. Uh, yeah, slaughtered. So many great songs. Uh huh. The but, whole thing. But the one I picked for today is Shedding Skin. So 
again, it's so hard just to pick five songs. I mean, that one, everything that you're picking so far could have been on my list. Ditto. <laughs> you know, and so, and be a combined both of our lists together of 10 songs, I could easily go pick 10 more right oh, now. Oh, me too. Yeah. You know, that would be the next. I mean, when we're doing these bands, we should actually make these marathon shows and be like the top 100 songs of Pantera. Right. That would make it so much easier on us. Yeah, but it's a little... In no particular order. <laughs> this, that's a little lazy, too, though. This one's great. This one's great. This one's great. This one's great. Yeah. So um, we got a little tied up on our picks, so I'm going to go two so in a row. I was so excited. Yeah, well, why don't you go ahead and do two in a row since I uh, cut you off that's and all good. went in front of you. They'll all get played before it's over with. Good. So I'm going to go to the next album, Great Southern Trend Kill, which was their eighth album, released May 7th, 1996, also on East West Records. This reached number four on the Billboard 200 chart. And, you know, a metal band hitting number four. Yeah. The, you know, and I think Far Beyond Driven hit number With one. Number one, yeah, so, it did. And, you know, it's funny. They call it the Great Southern Trend Kill because that's what it was. Like, trends made no difference for Pantera. No, because they were still selling a shit ton of albums and still hitting the top of the charts. And by looking at them and, you know, knowing what kind of music they are... They shouldn't be doing that, right. you know. They shouldn't be up there with Madonna and all that in the '90s, you know. Yeah, and my memory of this first time hearing this one, I didn't get to buy it on release day, but my friend JoJo, my friends JoJo and Edwin did, and I was playing in a band and we were rehearsing in a uh, my friend's garage. We had like a little stage we built and everything, and I, I'll never forget them driving down into the driveway, cranking this album up. And uh, 13 Steps to Nowhere, the intro came on, which rest in peace, Vinnie Paul, because, you know, we lost you this yeah. year. But the drumming on the intro to that song was just massive. And I remember we all, we all just sat in the car, clam baked the car, got high and listened to trend kill like over and over and again. got out and broke all your instruments yeah well, this changes everything well rehearsal was pretty much finished once they showed up because it's like we all just wanted to sit around and hear the new pantera yeah. album and and it was great but uh tons of great songs on this one too man hard to hard to pick just one but yes. uh this one always struck a chord with me it's living through me hell's wrath <laughs> Yeah! 
again, Pantera doing what they do best, just kicking ass, you know, hard driving, hard rock, metal fusion that just, again, spoke to a little bit of everything for everyone, you know, and I think that's, again, what attributed Pantera to their success was, like we talked about earlier, where these kind of rock fans could dig it and these kind of metal fans could dig it, too. Yeah, they were, you know, it's funny, they they got heavier with every album, but they still remained accessible to so many people. Right. Like, they were just like, they were like everyone's exception, you know. I had friends that that would, they didn't want to even come close to anything as heavy as their stuff, but they love their stuff. Right, people that wouldn't give Slayer a chance. Well, I'm one of those people. You know, but would get into (laughs) Pantera and be like, oh, I fucking love this. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, they just and Pantera can be heavier than Slayer at times. Oh, sure. Some of their music. So I mean, and I saw them on the Trendkill tour. Yeah, they played locally here at Starwood, and uh, but they they cordoned off the grass because there was riots going on at a lot of shows around this time with mosh pits where people were ripping people, up the side yeah, and throwing it down. People were getting hurt, starting fires and shit. And remind me next time we're doing VIP to tell you my sod story. We'll do that. It was insane. But, sod riots. But they, uh, they lied to us though. Cause I was in college at MTSU and it was a last minute decision for us to go. And like all, like six of us were in the room hanging out and we're all like, well, fucking Pantera's in town. Let's just go. So we go, we're like, we'll just get grass seats and, and mosh. Right. Cause we were in, I was into that at the time. Yeah. And we get down to the ticket office and, and they were like, the grass is sold out. And we're like, well, fuck. Well, we'll just fuck it. We had money. So like, we'll just buy seats and go up into the grass and mosh. Right. We get inside and the grass is completely empty and blocked off. Oh. And they're like, you have to stay in your seats. And they like, wouldn't let any moshing happen. They were throwing people out for dancing. They were so worried what is this, about footloose? it. Footloose? I know. So it's like the most uncomfortable thing watching Pantera just fucking and killing it you can't do anything you're just standing in one yeah. spot just vibrating you're like you're about to yes. well, i'm surprised heads didn't stop oh, start dude. popping off it felt like mine was going to because yeah. they were they were and i know phil was deep into heroin addiction at the time and phil was an asshole on stage that night like yeah. he was he was spouting off at everybody like he was even making fun of Dimebag on stage like Dang. it was you could tell things were not going well yeah um, i've read a lot about that about how that oh, was such a problem he with was a the, prick. some of the shitty things yeah. he would say on stage but it but they were still just killing it though. Yeah. Like they, him and Dimebag and Vinnie Paul, man, and you know, you know, even on video, it you can tell. But when you get to witness it live, just the chemistry between those two guys. I mean, yeah. just an amazing, amazing band. And uh, but yeah, I saw them on that tour, and the the new stuff sounded great. And uh, one of the best shows I ever saw, even though I couldn't do anything. Man, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. You know, 1997 was the first time I got to see Parent Terror live, and that was part of Ozfest. Yeah. And that was also the same year that they would release one of my all-time favorite live albums, mm. 101 Proof. I love it. Oh, that's such a great live album. If we did a live albums episode, that would be one that would be hard to push out of my top five. It's a great it's so one. good. I feel sad for anybody that's never had the chance to see them live, because even on a day filled with some of the world's greatest bands of that time, including Black Sabbath, energy and power-wise, Pantera blew them all over away 101 proof is a live album that completely captures the might and the majesty of a live pantera experience and delivers it to your home car or earbuds it was also on that album that appears as a bonus studio track one of my all-time favorite pantera songs from 101 live doing it kiss style you got to have a couple of bonus tracks on there at the end this is a great way to do it i love this song it's called where you come from
Yes. So I have so many good memories of listening to that record. Yeah, me was, too. Because it was that a was perfect you, document of that yeah, show. Because you put it in and had all their best songs yep. on there and the live, you know, atmosphere on it. And it was mixed and produced just right. You know, so good. You know, and here's another fact you might not know. It's also a title inspiration to a forgotten Decibel Geek theme show. It is. Where you come from? Oh, that's true. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I remember it now. Yeah, but yeah, I uh, one we never got back to. And I remember the way the album, clo- the live section of the album closes, going smoke fucking dope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love that. His stuff. his banter in between songs was just so hilarious on that album. It's like it's like it was like the metal version of Paul Stanley. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, it was just hilarious, over the top, just telling you to do all the things oh, that yeah. Paul Stanley would never yeah, tell pretty you much. to do. Yeah, it was the anti-Paul Stanley. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I man, I've I've turned I've turned on a lot of people just with that live album. Yeah. Because when it came out, um, what year did that come out? Boy, that one must have been pretty high on that. Ninety seven. Ninety seven. Yeah. But that yeah, had, I had to go pretty high on the charts too. I, I think, think it did. But yeah, yeah I would because everybody had it. Like that, it was during that era. It seemed like after the late nineties, this kind of stopped. But at that during that era, you would hang out at house parties. And there would be like an album of the night. Yeah. And anytime I had the opportunity to spend that one, I would. And I had so many people be like, wow, this is really good because it captured the groove of them. Yes. And uh, yeah, I turned on a lot of people to Pantera with that record. Good for you. Yeah, I spun good work. the shit out of that record when it came yep, out. Yep, that was a great party album. Just yep. put that thing on, hit repeat, and let it rip. Yeah, so before I do my last one, which will be the playout song. I'll, <sighs> this was a tough yeah, one. Yeah, it was a very tough one. Um, I'm curious to see what everybody else picked. Well, let me do my... VIPs. Let me do my also-rans list. These are the ones that were in contention. Okay. And this, I had to whittle this down from even more, but... Wow, I didn't even try to put together that list. 13 Steps to Nowhere from Southern Trend Kill. That's an awesome song. Slaughtered from Far Beyond Driven. Yeah. Becoming yes by Demons Be Driven I mentioned earlier. I mean, we could pretty much do like every other song that we yeah. didn't pick is on this list. Floods it was, was Floods one is I great. fought with because the guitar solo in it is just mind blowing. Uh, Regular people from Vulgar. Yeah, I like that song. Shattered from Cowboys. Yes, I like that song. Heresy from Cowboys. Yes, I like that song. The one that really, <laughs> the one that seriously almost made the list, and I still feel bad I didn't pick it was Shattered from Cowboys. That's freaking awesome. The too. guitar playing. Or not, not well, no, the sleep. Oh, yeah, the sleep. The guitar really playing on the sleep is just mind-blowing. You're not going to list a song I'm going to say, well, well I, I, didn't, I didn't really consider that one. They're all great. I didn't really, I mean, they're cover songs. I know people freak out if I do a, we do a top five and I pick a cover song, but yeah. I mean, they're, they're cover of uh, what they did, Planet Caravan. Yeah, which, that was a great version. That was a great version the of video that because it was cool a heavier too. rocked out version and they that was a Pantera video they could actually play on TV. Yeah, back, and it got a lot of play. Back when they played videos on MTV uh, that would come on during the day. And I but I used to and I wasn't even like a Sabbath aficionado, but I used to get so tired of having to explain to people that it was a cover song. Yeah. So many Pantera fans are like, This is the greatest thing they've ever written. I'm like, they didn't fucking write it. No. They did a great job with Ozzie it. Ozzy wrote this along yeah. with his friends. But it was a it was a very faithful cover to the original. <clears throat> I, th- I thought it was great. Speaking of that, they did uh, what hole in the sky? Yeah, I think on the uh, Nativity in Black and the, part two. I think part two. Yeah, and then the, that's killer. The Cat Scratch Fever covers good. Cat Scratch Fever. They do a cover of a band. I don't even know the band. The band's called Poison Idea, but the song's called The Badge, and it is oh yeah, freaking I awesome. Like I think that was off the Crow soundtrack. Wasn't that also on the live album? I think it was. No, the other song off the live album was Can't Hide. Yeah, I, I can't hide. I can't hide. Right. 
So let's go over some of the uh, Decibel Geek VIPs that are on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Decibel Geek. Sign up. Very cheap. Save, yeah. save money on a coffee every week. Support the show and uh, get a whole bunch of bonus content. Right. Fucking like hundreds this, of hours of it. Even this. Guess what? Before we even sat down to record this day, we've already been discussing this with our VIPs. You yeah. know, they're in on the backstage conversation. Hey, we're going to try to pick five Pantera songs, you know. Yep. Let's see what you guys come up with. We know it's not easy, but, you know, give it a shot. So let's go Brian Davis, Slaughtered, number five, Cowboys from Hell, Domination, Rise, and Mouth for War. Rise, yeah, shoot. Rise is a great song. Uh, Ryan Sessions, Floods, Hollow, Domination, War, Nerve, and Cowboys. War, Nerve, yeah, yeah. Josh Toomey from Talk To Me. He's a VIP. And a huge Pantera fan. I take his list and I, very seriously. I texted him personally. I'm like, send me your top five because I want to know. I mean, he ain't even on the show, and he probably agonized over it harder than we did. Yeah, well, he goes, just, he just said, to answer your text. I think text. he said, damn, this is going to take a while. Right. <laughs> and his were Slaughtered, A New Level, Becoming, Yesterday Don't Mean Shit. Yeah, that and, is a great song. I That one was kind of on my uh-huh. peripheral too and suicide note part two yeah which is a great one pretty awesome so for my number one i don't need notes for this or anything this has been my number one pantera song ever since i first heard it and it will never change yeah this is one yeah, i didn't so have good. to i didn't have to think twice about i think it's the greatest song they ever wrote and if you really want to get have your mind blown if you've never seen the footage go on youtube and look up pantera moscow 1991 they yeah. were playing a show with Metallica and a bunch of other bands. Motley Crue. Motley Crue. It was a bunch of bands that like the the Russian kids had never gotten to see a metal show ACDC live. ACDC, too. I don't remember, but it was like a half a million, if not more, people right. in one spot. And the crowd is fucking humongous. And Pantera just unleashes on the version of this song I'm about to play now. And you're going to love it. It's fast. It's in your face. And then it's got a breakdown that will – if you don't fucking bob your head when you get to the end of this song – Your neck might be broken. You should probably go to the pulse, emergency room. Well, it's too late because you have no pulse. <laughs> this is Pantera from Cowboys from Hell with Domination. And we'll see you next week. See ya.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett. 
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 